This afternoon I preach you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the church in the Confession, Faith, the Declaration of Faith, the Heidelberg Catechism. And it's uh, Lord's Day 10, continuing on with our further study of the, the Apostles' Creed. Lord's Day 10 is found in the Book of Praise on page 525, the very bottom on the right hand, on the right page there, page 525. <clears throat> Here the church confesses, what do you understand by the providence of God? God's providence is His almighty and ever-present power, whereby, as with His hand, He still upholds heaven and earth and all creatures, and so governs them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, food and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty, indeed, all things come to us not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. What does it benefit us to know that God has created all things and still upholds them by his providence? We can be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and with a view to the future, we can have a firm confidence in our faithful God and Father that no creature shall separate us from his love, for all creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will, they cannot so much as move. <clears throat> Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, ever since the global positioning system known as GPS was developed, our smartphones can tell us wherever we are in the world and then give directions to whatever destination we would like to arrive at. The little blue dot shows us where we are on the, the blue line that leads to our destination, and it gives us a sense of security in our journey, because we always know where we are, what route, route we'll be taking, and how long it will be take, take us to, to get somewhere. It's so much nicer to have that map open in front of us, then not knowing where you're going and just depending on the prompts of the passenger who, who, who knows the area, tries to pay attention and you're driving and, oh, turn left up ahead or take a right after that steep hill. The very thought of that cluelessness and, and dependence on the person beside you that often brings up the anxiety we experienced when we took our road test for our driving lessons. Well, the interesting thing to note is that if we compare our lives to a journey, although we may know where we are today, we never really know where we are going in the future. There's no blue line, there's no red inverted drop-shaped pin marking the end of the journey on this earth. We cannot know if there are going to be hills or valleys or rough or smooth roads ahead of us. We cannot know if tomorrow will bring opportunity or tragedy, another normal day or maybe something more special. The lack of knowledge about the details can be frightening or frustrating until we remember that the Creator of heaven and earth, who is our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ, 
is also in control of everything that happens to us along the way. Although we cannot see the blue lines and red arrows of our lives on the earth, he is able to see the the big picture because he is the one who laid it all out for us and whose invisible hand is controlling all things in his providence according to his eternal counsel. And today I thank God for the privilege of of preaching this gospel of God's providence under the theme, God upholds his creation by his providence. God upholds and governs his creation by his providence. We'll see that this statement of faith declares the Christian teaching, every created thing is in his hands, distinguishes the Christian church, there's nothing out of his hands, and defines the Christian life. We will always be in his hands. Although the word providence is not used in the Bible, it's a word that used to capture God's ongoing attention, his accompaniment, his involvement, and all that happens in the universe that he created. When we say that God does something by his providence, pointing to agency, We're recognizing that God's providence is an instrument or a tool that God uses as he works out his eternal decree in the realm of his creation. If we don't want to use the word providence, we might choose to speak of God's sovereign rule or God's almighty power that that is upholding everything he created or his complete direction of all created things according to his holy will, or the way he ordains and executes his work. Scripture is very clear that God did not abandon all that he had created once he was finished, and so we read that God entered the garden to talk with Adam and Eve. He spoke to and established his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their spiritual descendants. He called servants to write down his will. He gave his word to prophets to preach and his church to sing. The Son of God himself came down from heaven to earth and took on our human nature. The Holy Spirit was given to dwell in our hearts to lead us in the truth that was written down for us through the inspired servants of God. Making it clear then that God is very involved in creation, and yet he is not equal to us. The Bible shows us that the very creatures that God speaks to are at the same time being upheld by his almighty power. In Acts 14, we read that this upholding care is a testimony to God's ongoing nearness and goodness. And we read in verse 17, He did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. We confess that rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, health and sickness, riches and poverty, indeed all things come to us by his fatherly hand. God sends each separate season. We read that in Genesis chapter 8. You can read it in Jeremiah 31 as well. God makes food to grow. Psalm 145 that we just sang. 
God maintains the balance of a spinning planet among the solar system at just the right distance from the sun so that human beings can live here. And the necessary conditions for for human life are so precise that, that extra smoke in the air is reason enough to cancel sporting events like track and field and kids' Saturday soccer. God keeps the sun moving, and he could stop it whenever he wants. The forces and the cycles of nature, the, the movement, the transfer of energy, the pull of gravity, the motion of atoms, the symbiotic relationship between creatures and their ecosystems, fluctuations of climate and tectonic plate movements. Yes, all these regular patterns that we study and catalog for their dangers and their benefits to human life are all completely in his hand. He is able to control everything so that all creation serves the purpose of his eternal counsel and his will and his divine government. We confess that the scriptures teach that God not only upholds all things, but he also governs all things through his son, Jesus Christ. Not only does he ensure that all the parts of the universe keep running, but he also governs and rules every part of his creation to achieve his ends. And as he does this, the Lord God Almighty, who is the first cause of everything, ordinarily makes use of what are called second causes. And you can read about that if you're interested in the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 5. These second causes, either necessarily, freely, or contingently. And so avoiding both deism that teaches that God is absent, no longer connected to the world, or the teaching of fatalism that teaches that we are just robots The Bible teaches that besides his miraculous work, God accomplishes his purpose through the free choices of creatures and other secondary causes such as the laws of nature. God uses ordinary and regular means to bring about his sovereign purposes. And so we can talk about being created as moral, reasoning servants who are 100% responsible for our actions that all have their place in the overarching sovereignty of Almighty God. As we learn from Joseph's famous words in Genesis 50, verse 24, in his infinite wisdom, God determines our finite lives, our lives here on the earth, while never undermining our voluntary actions. That's hard for us to understand. The complete responsibility of every one of us, and the sovereign will of God. And all that Scripture reveals about God and His sovereignty and His eternal counsel and His work of upholding and governing the universe that He created leaves us as believers in no doubt about our calling and our responsibility to glorify this God with every part of our being. And so the Scriptures call us to respond to the announcement of God's sovereignty with a desire to walk faithfully before Him in the knowledge that the outcomes of our obedience and our disobedience 
are firmly in the hand of the Lord. And so we see in this instructive declaration of the biblical teaching of that Christians believe it's also a very powerful tool that the Holy Spirit can use in, in mission as we speak to those around us. And, and we often speak to people in, in very difficult times. We can tell them what we believe about God's upholding and governing of all things that He created. And as we come to see that, we, we also unite ourselves to the Christian faith. We're distinguished there's nothing that is out of his hands. Faith in the providence of God is what unites Christ's church and all Christians and all times and places in the world, both in what we affirm as true and also what we reject as untrue. By stating that we believe in providence, we're also stating that there are many things that we do not believe. When we state that the sovereign God is the first cause who has everything in his hands and is actively upholding and governing all things, this means that he has not given his rule, he has not ceded his rule over our lives to any other power that man may imagine. There is no power called chance. There is no force called karma. There is no decision that's in the cards or universal controlling consciousness that's revealed in the stars. There is no goddess called destiny or fate that is able to determine what will happen to you or your loved ones either in the present or in the future. Although wearing your so-called lucky socks may give you more confidence and focus going into that exam, they cannot magically make you get a good grade on your exam outside the will of God. The way you wear your cap will not affect the outcome of the game you are watching. We must not confuse the embedded randomness in creation that was given to us as a gift that gives joy to those who enjoy playing with probability statistics with the false teaching of a power or a force or even a, a God that is called chance that is able to deal with you in a certain way. There is no God or force or power that shows favor to the lucky and disdain for the unlucky and who must be thanked in order not to jinx the magic a relic that the Pope has declared holy has no power over your present or your future. And even Christian prayers and godly living are not given to us to somehow manipulate our Heavenly Father or even serve as, as competition that, that the Lord must reckon with. The Christian church unites by distinguishing herself from the world in rejecting all these things. And affirming again that there is only one sovereign God who created the heavens and the earth and who upholds and governs them that everything happens according to his eternal counsel. Everything comes to us from his fatherly hand. 
And the Christian church then also unanimously rejects the suggestion that the revelation of such a sovereign God who governs all things must mean that God is the author of sin. Sinful actions only proceed from angels and humans and not from God. And so the anger and the bitterness that people so often feel against the sovereign Father or the Son who is the Good Shepherd guiding His people in the church through faithful and obedient office bearers or the Holy Spirit who who people think should have done more. That really is an anger and hatred that is directed against the devil, against sinners who give in to the desires of the flesh, against the consequences of the fall into sin. And so we affirm the truth of God's sovereignty right beside our declaration of His infinite holiness and goodness and His wisdom and His creation of all things without deficiencies which He upholds and governs as a righteous judge who forbids and hates and revenges all sin and unrighteousness as contrary to His holy nature and law. God's sovereign providential care also doesn't undermine human responsibility in any way. We've seen that already. In fact, the opposite is true. And you see that in your life, don't you? As you, as you come in and you start to see how God has everything in His hand. And we understand that this is a result of His eternal counsel and, and His power today. It actually brings, it increases our delight in seeking to live in a peaceful relationship with our Creator and our Lord. It is our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ who is upholding everything in His hands. There's nothing outside of His rule. And so our faith in God's providence, it defines every aspect of our Christian life. The reality of our lives is that they are full of uncertainty. When our eyes are down and we're looking at my life today and maybe my life tomorrow, we, we're never really sure. We simply do not know what tomorrow will bring. The tragedies and the opportunities that open up before us, they, they keep us in a constant state of humility. And we're often left baffled by God's ways even when we look back. And that's why we're so thankful that our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ has revealed that He is the one who is upholding and governing everything that happens. Although we cannot control what happens in our lives or the lives of our loved ones, we can remember that His invisible hand is controlling all things. We can rest in the knowledge that he orchestrates all things for our good, like we read in Romans 8. This trust in God is what defines us as Christians. And although we often fail to, to trust that God will lead and guide and direct us according to his sovereign good will, the teaching of God's providence that we can look at again today, it, it reminds us, it, it bolsters our faith again in Him, even amidst many uncertainties. 
And in our confession, we take note of a few of the consequences of believing that all creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will, they cannot so much as move. The first characteristic of Christians who believe in God's providence is that they are patient in adversity. You think about what that word patient means. It points to an ability to wait for the fulfillment of God's promises. The word patience points to the enduring of adversity without trying to take things back or take things back into our own hands. Patience points to perseverance, even in trials, even when we don't know where this will go in this life. Trusting God's wisdom, accepting His plan for our lives, being content with our lot in life, seeking to still be faithful in all our responsibilities. Patient Christians constantly remind themselves that the sovereign good, God, is fulfilling His good plan for the world and for His church. And we are called upon to to wait for that even in times of adversity when it's so hard to see His hand. The same attitude defines our lives when we live in prosperity. Now by presenting prosperity as the opposite of adversity, we can see that the word prosperity means more than wealth. It also refers to health and having what we need to glorify the Lord. Just as the the, the wealth and the comforts of the rich can actually be an adversity if it hinders their worship, so also poor people can enjoy prosperity if their poverty is not hindering their worship but contributing to it. When we believe in the providence of God, we will not look at our prosperity, this ability to serve God with pride or with feelings of smug entitlement, but always with deep thankfulness to God who has determined our lot in life. Every day we can say, what a, what a blessing that again today I can serve the Lord in this way or in that way. We know that if God should take these things away, it's not a sign that He Himself has turned His back on us. Both prosperity and adversity come from God with a good purpose. But the difference is that God told us that we should expect adversity in this life. Although we may be thankful to God for what He does for us through suffering, and we're not surprised by suffering in this life, we are called to be patient when we must deal with sin and betrayal and broken relationships, murder, and disease, and illness, praying that Jesus might return to end it all. When we understand that Jesus told us to expect suffering and tribulation in this life, that also helps us to understand that the prosperity, that freedom to worship Him, is really a bonus in this life. It, it goes beyond what, what we should be expecting. And it helps us to understand then what we mean with that phrase, thankful in prosperity. The word thankful comes with the feeling of surprise that people have when they don't expect something or they don't take it for granted. It's not the 
thankful of a child who gets a, a present on his birthday. Thankful that things went the way they were supposed to. But it's the thankful of a child who gets a fancy present on a random day for no reason at all. We see what God has given and, and we just we, we rejoice in His goodness to us in spite of what we deserve. And we're thankful for good friendships. We're thankful for good marriages. We know that they are gifts that God gives to us. We're thankful when we see the, the next generation also turning to the Lord and, and serving Him. We're thankful when we have a comfortable home that we can work out of, a steady income. We're thankful in the sense of God is, is so good, better to us than we even deserve. And we understand that all these gifts are given to us to be used in service of His kingdom. Ultimately, our faith in the providence of God defines our Christian life because it keeps us humble. It keeps us filled with awe at the goodness of our Heavenly Father as He leads us in a certain direction in our life. Believing in God's providence defines our life because we realize we are following the lead of the more powerful one, the one who loves us so much He gave His Son to die on a cross. And Christians are defined by their willingness to, to follow the Lord, to trust in Him, even if He leads us by His rule into places we didn't expect to be. And then we realize how much providence defines our Christian lives. I, I can't, can't count the number of times that I've able to med, been able to look back on a situation with a brother or a sister in Jesus Christ and and we just marvel at the providential care of God in our lives. That's a, a consequence that distinguishes our Christian life. What the world may call coincidences or two or more incidences overlapping to create a particular opportunity or event or relationship where, where, where they say, well, that's a coincidence. We, we recognize the hand of our Heavenly Father. Even if the road to the conclusion was bitter and difficult. We, ref we reflect on God's providence. Sometimes we reflect on His providence without actually knowing the, the why to our questions, without knowing the explanation to justify our, our tears. And in these situations, again, patient in adversity, our faith in God's providence allows us to look to the future in firm confidence. You see, we have his, adverse, his, his hand with us in adversity today, His hand with us in prosperity today, so we know that His hand will be holding us also in the future. Patience is acceptance that leads to endurance, which produces hope for the future. And the word hope in the Bible is, is a word that speaks of expectations, positive expectations based on the promises of God and His faithfulness in the past. Whatever we are made to face in this world, we know the hard things will end. And we will be completely able to worship the Lord without any hindrance. Worship Him with our hearts, with our minds, our strength forever. 
It's this firm confidence in God's nearness in the present and His glory in the future that makes the church's declaration of faith to to really come off our lips as words of, of praise. What a blessing to pray to God for strength in the knowledge that everything is in His hands. What a blessing to to turn away from the fickle manipulation and the fear of imagined, random, impersonal powers like chance and instead to repeat the promises of our very personal, extremely loving and constantly near Heavenly Father. Well, may that quiet peace of knowing that God is in control and the unfading trust and the wisdom of His plan as it is carried out in our lives. May that define every moment in our lives. May God help us to to speak out of the calm, to speak out of that quiet. And may our example of patient endurance and abounding thankfulness also direct the eyes of everyone to the God who is with us, Emmanuel. Now we don't know where the journey will take us, but we do know that the driver who is carrying us and choosing our route, he knows what we want. He knows what we need. We could trust his love, his wisdom, and his power even as he reveals his plan to us one step at a time. Amen. We'll now sing in response a hymn that reminds us to let the Father guide you and to rely on his faithfulness, a well-known hymn, hymn 65. We'll sing all stanzas, standing if you're able to stand.
We'll now join together in thanksgiving prayer. One of the matters for prayer this afternoon that we will pray for cannot be shared online due to the danger of persecution. And for this reason, we'll be muting the live stream during this prayer. And if you're listening online, please pray at home for God's blessing over the persecuted church. Also, remember the other matter we'll remember this afternoon is that there are general assemblies in Scotland, both the Free Church of Scotland and the Free Church of Scotland continuing. Uh, they have a general assembly starting on May 22nd, and there's some delegates from Canada who are participating, Brother Bauman and Brother DeBoer. So we'll pray uh, for that this afternoon as well. And let us